Welcome back. Episode 5 of We Just Talking. No need for long, sappy-ass intros. Isaiah, how you doing this week? Pretty good. Um, dog slash house-sitting for um, my girlfriend's sister. They went to the JoJo concert. Not Siwa, the old-school leave-get-out JoJo that was oh, on TV. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got lovely text messages that were incoherent and a phone call of my girlfriend's drunkness. So I love that's, it. That's the best. I mean, at least you haven't went Kanye and just started put, posting videos and shit. Don't stop antagonizing me with your shit. So nah, hey, shout, <laughs> shout out to you for that. That's dope though, bro. I haven't heard the name Jojo. You said that and I went immediately went back to early 2000s. For real, yes. I can't believe she's. St- I could believe she was still making music, and then when Alicia she's admitted- still making music. Oh yes, sir. She just dropped the album like December, November ish. Oh, bro, I thought she was living on straight clout from the old bangers. Nah, man, she's still trying to stay in the music scene. That's crazy. Well, nah, it doesn't surprise me because I remember the Hanson had a, a tour like two years ago. And I thought the same thing. I was like, man, them motherfuckers still living on Bob Dip Dup from 98. <laughs> and they, I think they put out a new, like, they had put out a new album or something like that. And mm-hmm. they were touring and whatever. And I was just like, man, get the fuck out of here. I guess you got to pay the bills, bro. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> that's, that's what I think about B2K, too. When they came back, I was like, everybody except Amarion needs some money. Yeah, because he was like, nah, I'm over this shit. I'm a man. Yeah. Stupid ass dance videos. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll top it real fast. Uh, I seen a video and somebody was like, "Man, you know how everybody always talks about like, oh, music videos now are lame and and shit like that. Like they they don't do music videos like they used to and stuff. And then you flat you you go back and you watch like uh, Marquis Houston's naked video and then uh, oh from Omarion and they're dancing yeah. in the rain and it's like what the fuck are you dancing in the yeah, rain yeah, for you gotta... chest naked with, <laughs> with little taco meat on your chest and you see you out here dancing for no reason like what's the point of this at all there's a there's a dude that he I've seen him on Instagram reels because I don't have a TikTok I won't cave in but it's this French guy that like makes fun of all the old school like R&B videos from back of the day, and it cracks me up. When you look at those, you're like, why did we think this shit was cool at, like, the time? Like, One Wish, it was terrible. This thing was singing in the rain and, like, <sighs> driving a car, like, staring off into the... Like, <sighs> It's like it's like you got served, bro. That was I remember back when that movie first came out. Like I remember I was like, Oh shit, yeah, let's go. I'm a dance, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now you go back and watch it and you be like, bro, this shit is so corny. Like like Sonny took their moves and stuff and and they're like, like, Oh, oh, that's your move right there. Like, like, no, bro, come on, come on, bro. Like, like don't nobody really care about hearing like he stole her. We get it. Like he sold out. You don't have to keep have everybody look, look, that's your move right there, bro. Yeah. Okay. Like first off, you didn't in- invent that move, bro. But like, we'll yeah, we'll right. move past that. But so, <laughs> I wanted to quickly touch on a story that happened because usually I'm a boring guy. I don't do shit, right? Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, I go to the gym, I work, play with my kids, occasionally go out with some friends and stuff. Do it, do like softball. That's about it. <clears throat> well, I take my oldest to speech therapy because he's like speech delay and uh, like homie did everything fast. Uh, like he walked at like eight months. He, mm-hmm. it was easy to like two, two, he was potty trained. He did ev- everything fast except like talking and he can semi talk. He's just, I think he has like, he, he's got my energy level. And so whenever he goes to talk, it just like, instead of being like, Hey, how are you? It's just like, Hey, how are you? And, and it's just like, Whoa, bro, chill out. So I take yeah. him to speech therapy while I'm on lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I, I took him on Thursday was it Thursday either Tuesday or Thursday I don't remember because my days run together but I think it was Thursday mm-hmm. and uh, after we left I was like okay well I need to go stop somewhere and pick up a couple of things to make dinner tonight uh, since I'm in like a calorie deficit doing a cut so I don't look fat as shit when we get back out in the softball field so I'm mm-hmm. um, uh, getting some stuff to make like a chicken broccoli rice casserole thing and I go into Walmart and I'm like all right well let me get like some fruit snacks and stuff for my kids and whatnot 
and I'm down the like the chip and the chip aisle or whatever. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's a coke guy kneeled over in front of me, pause, and just randomly some dude like walks by me and I'm like step out of the way and I'm like, all right, bro, whatever. So I grab some fruit snacks and I can't really hear him. And he's talking, and I guess it's just because I'm rude. I don't know. But he said, oh, you have kids. I'm like, yeah. And then he said something, and I couldn't hear him. And I was just like, what would you say? And he said, you want to catch a fade? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, so I started looking around immediately, like, okay, well, this is a TikTok, right? So I'm looking around, and I don't see nobody. And I'm like, I don't see nobody. I was like, that's that's a a weird question. Like, what, what you trying to catch a fade for? So he goes off and says, because I'm not having, like, stuff ain't going my way. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm sorry stuff ain't going your way. But, like, obviously, you see I have my kids. I'm on lunch at work. I'm in a good place. I'm not trying to fight you for no reason. I don't even know you and risk going to jail and, like, losing my job. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, nah, bro. Like, I hope everything gets better. But, like, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, leave me alone, bro. Like, just get the fuck out of my face whatever. So he's like, all right, bro, I appreciate it, man. Take care of your kids. Take care of your kids. So as he walks away, I can smell a distinct odor, and it's it's meth. And I'm like, bro, keep in mind, it's a light-skinned dude. So I'm like, I thought he was just, like, he had smoked some weed or something. But nah, it was a musty-ass smell, so it was meth. And if you want to know how I know that, it's because I'm from Chandler, Oklahoma. Meth, capital of the world, wow. Lincoln County, baby. Let's go. Lincoln County, baby. <laughs> but anyways. So there's that, right? And I'm just like, all right, well, that's wild. And I just go around, go about my business, walking around the store, looking at stuff, uh, shopping, check out, and I leave. <clears throat> so I'm walking to the car, and I'm putting my kids up and the groceries up. And I hear, hey, bro. And I turn around, and it's this dude. And he's like, he throws his hands up, and he was like, you're going to answer my question now. And I'm like, for real? And he keeps coming closer, like, to, towards the car. And he's, like, I could tell that he wasn't, he was just, like, looking like he was just trying to run over. And they'd be like, no, nah, run the fade with me now, bro. We outside. And I'm like, hey, bro, stay over there. Don't come over here with my kids. He, like, he keeps yelling. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I'm like, stay right there. That's, that's the last time I'm going to warn you. And then he keeps coming across. And he gets probably around about the distance from, like, where one car section is to the other one away. So he, like all he has to do is cross the road and he's right there. Uh-huh. So I reach in my car in the glove box and I pull out the mouse tool and I pulled, I, I slid the clip in that motherfucker and I cocked it. And then as soon as I cocked it, tears come out. I guess he understood like, Oh, well I'm about to shoot. Like I'm about to get shot. Uh-huh. And it's crazy because we were talking about Cain Velasquez and stuff like last week. And uh-huh. so he's, like, I pull it, and he starts crying. He's like, man, stuff's not going my way, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, like, I understand stuff ain't going your way. I get it. Shit happens. But you don't run up on people with their kids because this is what's going to happen every single time. And not to mention I'm 31, so, like, I'm not about to sit here and just bang with you in a pause, pause, pause. Yeah. But I'm not about to sit here and, and, and fight you in a parking lot for, for no reason, right? Like, this ain't high school. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to get in a dick swinging competition with you, bro. I'm trying to go home. So, uh, so yeah, I pulled the blammer out. He starts crying. He starts, he's like, man, my name is, I don't even remember hearing his name. Cause I'm like, bro, you move forward. I'm shooting you. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he comes like, he's like, we start talking for a little bit and he's crying and shit. And then I shook his hand and I was like, I'm gonna pray for you, bro. Like, I hope everything gets better, but you got to understand you can't be running out here, running up on people and, and asking people to run a fade because as bad as your stuff is right now, that was it. Like you would, you would have risked ending your life and leaving your family and stuff for no reason. He like, man, I respect that. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. I'm just like, so just a normal Thursday turns into at a at a, a nice area Walmart turns into having to pull the blammer out on a dude for no reason. I'm just, I never thought things like this would happen in Edmond, Oklahoma, but boy. They happen. I'm just, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what if, you know, what if, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to threaten him with ending his life, you know, how far would this kid would have took it? And I think that's, it's always funny that that's what it has to come to with some people because they don't really respect the fact that like, 
you're like what what are you gonna accomplish by that like what who cares if you're having a bad day shit happens there's people in this world that have it a lot worse off than you you have to you have to pick yourself back up man you gotta keep going man you can't give up and want to fight people because i'm just mad that's that's some light skin shit that's some light skin shit I'm, I'm, he was he was definitely light skin bro man i gotta run fame man i'm mad at the world and then he said at a Walmart, like go. I mean, there's a, there's play. If you want to run a fade, there's it's not hard. Like you don't have to go to a Walmart and then just walk yeah. up to a dude with his kids and shit. Like that. on a Thursday morning, essentially Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, I I believe in your Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is the perfect segue to talk about the fights after that craziness that happened to you. If you oh, need yeah. if you if you needed to clinch with somebody, then you would have been you would have been well off. But oh, God. bro, I, I so the thing about it is, is he wasn't that like he was about one hundred and sixty five, hundred and seven. He he easily could have been going to UCO. Like that that's what like off the top of my head is he mm-hmm. he looked like a college kid. And I mean, I know there's some there's some some strong ass college kids, but like bro, I'd have I'd have Anderson Silva more tight clinched him into oblivion and then just. You know what I'm saying, but but like you said, um, that card yesterday, the fight night, um, it was dope. Like I, I texted you and told you, like I had missed quite a bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can just look at the card from top to bottom. Like there was what one, two, three, four. It was fourteen, uh, I believe. Fights. Yeah. So six, six decisions, eight finishes, and there was some, there were some good ass fights. And I mean, I know we had talked about not going through every single fight, but I mean. The first fight that I wanted to talk about because the the general public knows this guy is the Chris Mutino fight. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Chris Mutino because he got treated by Sean O'Malley mm-hmm. and he showed heart. And it was dope because then he he got signed by the UFC. Dana threw him a bone. And mm-hmm. he had I mean, you get rubbed from Sean O'Malley. He's you're a tough my son of a bitch and blah blah blah. And yeah. then you come out and everybody's like, man, like hopefully. Hopefully the skill the reason he got treated was because the skill gap between him and Sean O'Malley was just that that deep. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and shows us that's not the case at all. He's literally just a human punching bag. Yeah. I uh, I mean Guido Guido Canetti's forty two years old. I think Mutino is like twenty seven, something like that. Twenty seven, twenty-nine. Um but he just he needs to work on really his head movement. Because Lord Jesus, if there's one thing that I can see between these two fights is he thinks it's tougher to just get his face pummeled than actually having some head movement and throwing decent counters. He was not he was he was stunned to stand it up. And that's why that fight was called. Because yeah, you could be tough, but the only thing that happened was Sean O'Malley didn't pounce on him the way that Guido Canetti did. Guido Canetti was like, oh. Oh, I'm teeing off on this kid's face. I'm gonna run up on him. Sean O'Malley was just touching him, just perfect combos, and he was eating it. Guido Canetti was like, "I'm gonna try to fucking finish this kid." And for the most part, I mean, if the ref doesn't stop it, I mean, what's the best thing that Chris Bettino does in that situation? Tries to grab him, can't grab him because uh, Canetti's stronger than him. Then what? Then you're on the ground with the with the dude that's uh, black belt and Muay Thai, I believe. Like, well, I, <laughs> it's, it's I don't know. It's it's it wasn't frustrating, but you know he's got a lot of heart. But he was like mad about this the whole thing. Like, what are you mad about? Like, move your head. Nobody's saying that you ain't tough, but are you gonna string together some some wins, bro? Because you be the toughest some bitch in the octagon ever. It don't mean nothing if you can't stand in there and actually string together some offense because your defense is getting punched in the face and basically trying to tire people out by letting them punch you in the face. That's like the Rocky Balboa treatment. Like, oh, he's going to keep getting my ass whipped till I get tired. Like, no. <laughs> he got to breathe the same, same air that I do. Yeah, I, my ring's outside, Tommy. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on, bro. I ain't hit no bell. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I guarantee whenever because when the ref grabbed him afterwards, he like pushed the ref off of him. And I guarantee, I didn't hear no bell. I, hey, I didn't hear no bell. 
he's on tra- I mean, getting beat up like that, which and I don't I don't see anything changing for him because I mean, I don't know. I just think he's one of those dudes that's just like I'm tough and that's my fighting style. Like you know how they're like, and from this corner, we have a fighter style of Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling or whatever, and his is toughness. And yeah. a homie just he We walks got a toughness fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and and against Sean O'Malley, like like obviously everybody knew what was going to happen, right? But he did show real toughness. And a lot of those punches that Sean hit or kicks, he was landing. He was doing that to them dudes on the uh, Dana White Contender Series and yeah. the dude he just fought the la- his last fight. And they were going to sleep. So people were like, man, this dude is fucking tough. Like, he ain't mm. no punk. And like you said, yeah, he showed us that he's tough, but his skill set is on – String beans. About, yeah, it's on about a four. It needs to be at about a six or a seven for you to actually win a fight in the UFC because, you know, people coming from Bellator or pe- people that came from Invicta and things of that nature, nobody is undermining those, you know, fighting organizations. But if you make it to the UFC, that is the most exposure. Therefore, they're putting people on those cards because – they want the best of the best. They want the best quality fights that they can see. So you're not given quality whenever you get, you know, TKO'd in the first round because you're tough. Now, the Sean O'Malley fight was different. He literally got his face beat in and was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, that's pretty much what Joe and John and, you know, DC were saying the whole time. Oh, my God. How is he still standing in there? So you hear guys like that, big name guys like that, talking you up. And Sean O'Malley giving you praise, and they're like, oh, man, well, maybe, you know, if he actually strings something together, he might be pretty good. And then you're the second fight on the early prelim, and the same thing happens to you, then I'm I'm not saying I lost respect for him as a fighter because we're not fighters, but you have to mix it up. You got to do something different. Otherwise, you're just going to stay in that same realm. Like, he's going to be out of the UFC in two fights if he loses two more. Well, I mean, he – he may be let go before that. The, the only reason I've said this, and this is not a slight at, at Sean O'Malley, and I did also wanted to quit because obviously the only reason I want to talk about that is because he got blasted by Sean O'Malley. And, and Sean O'Malley did say, which I've been saying, I would like to see him fight Pedro Munoz next, called it. Uh, but that would that's the first uh, real challenge that Sean will have since uh, the Cheeto Vera fight. Mm-hmm. And that was like three, four, five years ago, whatever. Um I've been saying they have been like that's why I I'm not a a fan of Sean O'Malley. I'm, well, I don't I don't want to say fan, but that's why I'm not high in his stock yet. Is because they haven't done anything for me to be high on his stock. The Chris Mutino fight, I, they picked him out of a different. Chris Mutino fought at. Give me one second because I have it. CFFC Cage Fury Fighting Championship <laughs> right before he fought. Sean O'Malley. So he goes from a no-name or small fight organization to a pay-per-view because he's fighting Sean O'Malley. That, to me, does not... It's just like, okay, they're plucking people. That's what I said about the last guy he fought. They're Mm -hmm. plucking people for him to fight. And that's fine. Make a star of Sean. But this is essentially what I'm talking about is like... they, They have not put Sean O'Malley in danger. He's fought one person that I think was... in That could have put him in danger that has that that's a good a good fighter which is uh cheeto vera which i hope they run that back but yeah chris mutino's ass and and i'm not saying this ass <laughs> like if we, if me and him well i fuck his little ass up right 145 pounds bro i'll beat your motherfucking ass chris mutino but like <clears throat> i want to see him fight a pedro munoz because i've been saying it these guys are trash chris mutino is trash and i'm i'm saying it i'm not even trying to be controversial that homie's trash what he showed us he's he's owing two he's looked worse than fucking cm punk did in his two fight uh his yeah. two fight like cm his punk two at least, year two fight contract. yeah 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 at least cm punk like did throw knees and did have head movement and whatnot he just got out grappled which yeah. is i mean that when you get into uh mixed martial arts whenever people start grappling with you it's it leaps and bounds because if you haven't grappled your entire life like that's it's gonna show they're beating chris mutino up standing 
Nobody yeah. is showing anything. You don't have to do. You don't have to pull in your bag to beat Chris mm-hmm. Martino, and that, that's that's my biggest problem with him. But uh, you said he might get let go, maybe. But I mean, he's fighting on a prelim fight of a fight night card and gets treated. So maybe yeah. one more, maybe in five, four or five months, we we see him fight again. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure the fans, like if they do it at a big card and they put him on the prelims or whatever, they'll have fans come out because he we witnessed him get blasted by Sean O'Malley and he's a tough mm-hmm. dude. People will come out, but it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, and I still – I'm one of those people, like, when Sean lost to Cheeto Vera, if he doesn't fuck his feet up, I don't know what happens. I don't even think that's a TKO. I think that's a doctor stoppage that should have happened that didn't happen. It was just a weird – it was a weird, like, fight. Like, you saw it. It was a weird fight to actually see. And if it <laughs> wasn't for – like, Sean – to me, Cheeto didn't rock Sean. Sean couldn't stand. So, like, whenever Cheeto hit him that one time, he didn't stun him. Sean just couldn't reset his feet, and so he fell. And because of that, everybody's like, oh, my God, he fucking TKO. Oh, God, Sean O'Malley. I think people were high on it, for one, because everybody was super high on him. Yeah. The reason Sean had no feeling in his foot is because of the leg kicks, the calf kicks of Cheeto uh, Vera which right. whenever they talked about it and Joe Rogan even said it uh, for one, Sean has like, he showed cause in one fight he, he fucked his ankle up or broke his foot or whatever. And yeah. he would like, he had to finish dude and whatever when he was on the ground. So I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. But mm-hmm. so he gets leg kicked into oblivion. He blows his leg up pretty much. And then he can't stand on it. Mm-hmm. And then is it, they called it a TKO because after Sean goes to the ground, Cheeto Vera jumped on him and he did ground and pound and pause. And that's why, I mean, that's that's essentially why they stopped it because he couldn't stand up. Mm-hmm. It was a good back and forth. And she, since then, Cheeto Vera has had way more impressive wins than Sean O'Malley has. That's why I'm always like, I think, I, they pushed, I think they pushed Cheeto Vera in that direction after that, especially fighting Frankie Edgar and front kicking the NFT face on the Frankie Edgar like he did. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's also, he's, I mean, he fought. He fought uh, Jose Aldo too, I believe. Um, yeah, and that—that's what I'm saying is like they—they're this—they're like the same age. Like Cheeto Vera is only 29, mm-hmm. and a fresh 29. So like they—they they pushed him after. Yeah, he fought him. Uh, well, first he—he he, his first fight, bef- uh, or his fight before Sean O'Malley. Sorry, is Song Yadong, and we're gonna talk about him later. Uh, but yeah, he beat Sean O'Malley, and then he lost to uh Jose Aldo. He fought David Grant, and then he front-kicked uh, Frankie Edgar. And then you look at Sean O'Malley's um, Sean O'Malley shit. He has Marlon Cheeto Vera is on his, uh, on his stuff or on his resume. But from the UFC, like, I'll name these people. And unless you're a diehard, you're not even going to know any of these people. Nobody's even mm-hmm. close to being ranked except Cheeto. Alfred Kikassian, Tarion Ware, Andre Salkhamthath. Jose Alberto Quinoz, Eddie Wineland, Cheeto Vera, Thomas Almeida, which that his Thomas Almeida is a known person, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Mutino, and then Raleigh and Paiva. So that's what I'm saying is where, where I'm like, Chris Mutino at the time, Sean, Ma- Sean O'Malley fans were high. This dude is so good. Look at that. Look at his striking percentage. And he, he landed everything that he threw. And then it's just like, okay, now we see Chris Moutinho fight again, and he shows no skill. So no, how man. impressive is it? Yeah. So for Sean to get get credit from someone like me who's not going to just be like, I like his personality, he's a cool dude, which he is, mm-hmm. you got to beat somebody that has a name, and your excuse can't be, oh, well, the only reason that I lost to Cheeto Vera is because I couldn't stand up because there's other fighters – like, I mean, that's like Anderson Silva if he comes out and says, well, the only reason I lost to Chris Weidman is because I broke my leg the second time. Or yeah. <laughs> if uh, Chris Weidman said the only reason I lost to Uriah Hall is because I broke my leg, right? Like, no, like that's part of it. You broke your shit. Uh, it's, it's a W. Like, and if, if anything, if someone were able to say uh, that they shouldn't have lost their title or they shouldn't have lost, I would say uh, Piotr Jan should say mm-hmm. that about Aljo, but I mean that's a that's a conversation. We'll, we'll find we'll yeah we'll find out how <laughs> real rematch will go uh, pretty soon actually. Yeah, and I I hope I mean 
I, I, I'm nervous for my my guy, uh, Piotr Jan, because like Aljo is a scary fighter, but he's scary for about two minutes, two three minutes, and then we'll yeah. go from there. But but um, so from there, obviously, I was in and out. I told you that. Is there anything mm-hmm. uh, other fights that you wanted to talk before we get to Alex uh, Pereira and Bruno Silva? Um, just yeah, just real real fast. Um. Just two fights that looked pretty good to me. So, uh, Oklahoma boy, actually, I didn't realize this. I didn't really, you know, this guy's kind of a vet, been around for a while, but uh, he actually had an impressive arm triangle win. His name is Damon Jackson. He's from Durant, Oklahoma. And he's only only got one, two, three, four fights in the UFC. Um, he's got one loss since he's joined the UFC, but you know he was a champion in other uh, in other fight organizations. Um, he fought in Bellator for a little bit, then he was in and out of the UFC and the LFA and the PFL. Um, but yeah, his arm triangle was pretty nice. Uh-huh. I just pulled up his picture, and homie does look exactly like somebody from Durant, Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> His fight was pretty good, and probably the um, I liked uh, this Javed Basharat guy. He he had some really good head movement, really good boxing against uh, Trevin Trevin Jones, and the Simmelsberger and AJ Fletcher fight was also pretty good. Um, they were just some dudes that were just wanting to throw bombs the entire fight. Um. But ultimately, the ground control from uh, – they call him Semi the Jedi, Matthew Simmelsberger. They call him Semi the Jedi. He had more ground control in the last oh. uh, two rounds. Yeah. Uh, I, I I actually did catch that fight. It was a solid back-and-forth fight, and those dudes were – the end of that fight is was a banger. Like, they were just throwing. I thought at any point in time, one of these dudes is about to get slept. <laughs> For yeah. the last two minutes and some odd seconds, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my and, god!" I just kept yeah, saying, and "That was that was AJ Fletcher's first fight in the UFC, and he yeah. he came out and he, I mean, uh, I, what was it? Paul Felder said it. He was like, "I mean, you may not have he may not have won, but he definitely impressed people with his first UFC performance, which he definitely did. He impressed me." Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It looked it looked really good. Um, but we could we could talk about the Perea. Bruno Silva fight because I didn't like. I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of disagreed with the judges' scorecard. They made it seem like uh, Perea had 10, 10, 8, 10, 9 rounds. Like he he tend them every round. I don't believe that. Eh, not the second round. I think it should have yeah. been 29, 28. Yeah, I 29. agree. You know, I didn't really agree with how the judges scored it. I mean, it was. He did look pretty sharp, especially for a guy that has only fought six times in total. And he's only fought in the UFC twice. So, but he's under the tutelage of Glover Teixeira. So, when you I, train behind you, I think Glover walked out with like three different people last yeah, night. Yeah, where Glover's been everywhere. But uh, real quick, Pereira, I I honestly think him being with Glover is a it's a detriment. I don't I think it's a negative because Glover is more like grappling. And you could tell there was times where he was getting frustrated. Uh someone like Alex Pereira, who's a world class kickboxer, yeah. you gotta let him do his thing. Yes, it's it's dope that he trains with Glover and he, he showed that he has a, a a well-rounded base and he can get to his feet and stuff, which in the middleweight division, when you get, when you get higher in the cars, obviously like Vittori Brunson, those guys, they're going to wrestle with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are going to wrestle with them because they can't strike with them. Um, but let, you gotta, you, you gotta let a, a wild horse be a cult. You can't, you can't tame everything about him. And yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I, I agree, but disagree with you on the scoring cards. The reason that it was 30, 27 is because they have to give, uh, they have to give tens. You can't not give someone a ten. So uh, unless uh, unless a point's taken, so if he wins the round, they're giving him a ten regardless. So yeah, he, they sent. I, yeah. I don't think he handily won the second. I don't either. I think I think the fight was a lot closer than they were making it out to be. The first round, Pereira started out really good, 
Uh, I think Silva came on strong. And then, like you said, the second round, I honestly had Silva winning that. Uh, yeah. And then I had Pereira uh, winning the third round because Silva started to slow down. So I had it more uh, like 29, 28, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, originally. But they, I mean, they gave him all three uh, rounds. I, I think it was a, it was one of those fights that was weird to score uh, yeah. because it nothing, it's like I said about the women's fight last week, nothing tremendous happened. It was a really good back and forth uh, fight, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's real hard to score those fights and we already know the judges are ass. So, I mean, I'm never, unless they came out and was like 30, 24, with the with it, I'd be like, hold on, what like, dominant? Like, yeah, this, it should be dead if it's 30 24. Right. Like, right. That's, that's, that's three rounds of legit just getting the shit kicked out of you, but yeah, yeah. uh, Pereira. I mean, like I said, he I, everyone's I think, super high on him because he, mm-hmm. he beat Izzy in kickboxing twice, but yeah, but that was know. five years ago, six, you know. Well, that, and I that, don't, I don't know about it now uh, because his one thing I'll say is he faded fast. Like he, he comes out early in rounds and he puts together some combos and then mm-hmm. he starts to fade and he keeps his hands so low, so yeah. low. So we'll see. And they, and they were talking about that a little bit as the fight was going on, basically saying like, well, he can kind of get away with that because he's a taller guy in the division. So, but to me, it was like, no, nah, man. I mean, you can have a decent chin on you, but what if you deal with somebody that's going to shoot? You know, your length is going to mean a whole lot. And yeah, I mean, he did. He legitimately knocked Izzy out whenever Izzy was like twenty, what six at the time? I mean, twenty sixteen, and then he won by a split decision um, the next time they fought in twenty seventeen before Izzy joined the UFC. But his volume is, I think, handily what won him each and every round. Because if you look at, you know, punches, just the punches thrown, he was trying, he was definitely, you know, not necessarily reckless, but putting it, stringing together a lot more combos than Silva, aka Rudy Gobert. That's exactly what that fool looks like. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But I think that's what kind of won him the fight. But overall, yes, he's got really good combinations really good head movement um and his you know his um his reach definitely gives him a clear-cut advantage like uh i don't think bruno silva is that short yeah he's six foot and Perea looked way taller than him and he's six four so yeah um ne- what, what i want to see next from Pereira is be more active he this is the, I mean, well, he's, he, he did fight what at the New York card, I believe yeah, where he, he flying need that dude. Fight. Yep. Yeah. He, he's got to stay more active though. Like he's, he's only got six uh, MMA fights. So he's got to, he's got to string some together so he can improve because all he's doing right now is talking. Oh, is he's ducking me? Is he's ducking me? That kind of stuff. Obviously you got to do that in the game now, but yeah, you got to put some shit together because no disrespect to Bruno Silva. Uh, he's a tough dude, but, there's I, I uh, in my head as soon as I watched the fight and I was like, OK, that's a good win. That's a good tough win that you have to have uh, mm-hmm. to show you can deal with adversity. I want to see him fight, uh, win another fight and then give him Paul Acosta. Yeah. Paul Acosta ain't got shit to do right now. Homie's probably mm-hmm. sitting at home crying himself to sleep, drinking a shit ton of wine. Yeah. Uh, let me see what you're going to do with Alex Pereira. And and then mm-hmm. we can go from there. But yeah, that, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. you're talking all that cash like that. You know, his first fight he won in like 18 seconds. So why not throw him in there with somebody like that? You yeah. know? I I just want I want him to get one more before they do because I want him to actually get ranked. But we'll mm-hmm. see. And then well, after that, the the Drew Dober Terrence McKinney, I I almost was texted you. And then obviously the outcome changed, but I was like, man, Terrence, <laughs> we just talked about Terrence McKinney a couple weeks ago and yeah. how he's going to be a problem. But I do think that he did show a couple of issues. Well, one, he turned around really quick. So uh, kudos to him for that. But yeah, homie has to, he's got to rein it in a bit. I was talking about Alex Pereira. They need to let the wild Colt stay free a little bit. Uh, Not with he's more technical. Yeah. He came out and had Drew Dober hurt. And then he was just like, well, I'm going to go ahead and empty the gas tank. And obviously, since gas is $4 now, I ain't going to be able to refill this shit. Yeah. And Drew <laughs> I ain't got nothing left in the tank. No, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was crazy because 
as it was happening, I was like, bro, if Drew Dober gets mowed over like this, his last two fights would have been Terrence McKinney mowing him over and then Islam Makhachev mowing through him. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy. And then just like the vet he is, Drew Dober was like, all right, well, now I'm going to take you down and I'm going to punch you and I'm going to punch you and then I'm going to keep punching you and you don't have nothing left in your gas tank to get mm-hmm. me off of you. And it was it was a it was a crazy a crazy round. It was a really good like a really good round one from, yeah. from it was extremely active. It was like you know, whenever you get excited like we were whenever Gaethje Chandler happened. Yes. Those guys got chins of steel. That's the kind of excitement that I had watching that fight. I think he looks like Ken from Street Fighter. Drew Dober does. <laughs> sure. And you can. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I remember when he fought Makachev, I was like, oh, this guy, kid from Street Fighter, he's fighting again? You know, um, I definitely think that um, if you get a – if you fight – if Terrence McKinney fights somebody else that's tough like that, his, you know, his quick knockouts, that's – yes, you have power that you're not used to, but, man, you – he covered up. He didn't even – he didn't know what to do. He was on his back. He didn't know what to do. And one of the things that they kept talking about in the pre-show, Sugar Rashad was talking about it, and Anthony Lionheart-Smith was talking about it. You know, if if he doesn't knock him out, he has his wrestling to fall back on. Drew Dober's a vet. He's been fighting in the UFC for eight years, nine years now. So he's seen it all. He's seen a lot of people in that division, and he's seen a lot of people, you know, and he knows people's tendencies and things of that nature. So... And he's fought some good names, some really good names. He just – Terrence McKinney didn't have the first 20 seconds in him. I don't think he gassed out. He just kind of got to that point to where he was like, well, I don't know what to hit him with, and that's when he got took it down. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was a, a quick turnaround, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely, with, I mean, yeah. He's, and he's if he would have knocked him out on that quick turnaround, oh, yeah, he would have been wrecked 100%. Oh, would, yeah. They would have said, fuck it, make him 15. All right. All right. We <laughs> yes. don't know what to do with this kid. Let's throw him in there. The crazy thing is, too, is we've we've always talked about how deep the Bantamweight division is. The lightweight division is deep as shit, too. And it's mm. it's got some dogs. Like, those two aren't even ranked. And I think easily, uh, like, Drew Dober could be a 15. I think, like you said, Terrence McKinney starches him like that. Uh, he would have been he would have been ranked uh, as well. Uh, Absolutely. Going back yeah. with. And then what the – bro – Khalil Roundtree Jr. and Carl Robertson. Uh, the first round, I will say to me, this is my personal opinion, uh, it was a boring round. They didn't really engage. And a, I, I understand. Out round. Yeah. 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 That and that that happens a lot, obviously. You've seen it in the main event. But that second round, bro, Roundtree Roundtree scared me. Like legit. <laughs> when, it, when they said it, like it looked like he uh it looked like Robertson owed him some money. And that's perfect analogy because he, he was yelling while he was throwing. <laughs> <laughs> and the the body kick as on the ground, like that was just it, it, I was like, wow. That's something we haven't seen in a long yes. time. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Like it looked like he just went into fight or flight mode and was just like, nah, bro, you did <laughs> you he disrespected my mom. <laughs> he was throwing them punches. He was throwing them punches just like uh Trey on Boys in the Hood, man. Just ah! <laughs> Yeah, that was that he got him the fuck up out of there, and yeah. it was crazy. that body and, kick was crucial, man. I he, mean, that's he's lucky that crazy. yeah, he's lucky right after that he threw that push kick to the body too. If that one would have landed, that one it would have done just as much damage. And then yeah, yeah he, just, he put him he put him away, and I mean afterwards he grabbed the mic and he he cut the. I was just like, bro, like I understand you want to tell your story and you're getting very emotional, but like yeah, I'm. I'm he scared of you. Oscar's promo. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just like, won an award. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I, need to, I need to tell my story right now, which yeah. I get. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, it is. I wonder who he did. He, I can't remember if he called somebody out. Nuh-uh. No, no, I don't think he did. He may, he may have said he wants somebody ranked next, but, uh, I don't, I don't think he, I don't even think they asked him what was next. Uh, man, no, I feel like, Somebody called somebody – who called Bryce Mitchell out? That, I thought that was afterwards and – No, yeah, that uh, was oh, no, no, no. Yes, yeah. yeah, the next the next fight, which uh, – okay, yeah, I'm, I'm mean, sorry. 
No, you're good. That's that's I was I was done with the that one, but I mean, Sodik, if you want some thug nasty, like have at it. I, I mean, I w- you leg kicked uh, Ciceras into oblivion, and you kind of he couldn't walk. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, smart. Like if if you ain't gonna check them leg kicks, and he you're just gonna give it to him the entire fight, by all means do it. But I mean, it's, it's definitely the height differential too. He wanted to chop him down. He. He he izzied him. He hey, yeah. hey back up, back well, up, and, tall ass, back up. And with them with them smaller weight classes, when you have people that have movement like that, like yeah. Dominic Cruz used to be known for nothing but his movement, right? Like he used to move around and people couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then once the leg kick became way more prevalent, you've seen people just eradicate him. Like Dominic Cruz is, he still has the exact same movement. He's very yeah. But people just they come out and they chop his leg out, and it's like. Uh, Ciceras, he had a lot of movement early in the fight, and then the second mm-hmm. round started. He got leg kicked into oblivion, and then he couldn't move. And it, it got to a point to where, like, Sadiq didn't have to do anything except chop the leg out because every time he did, Ciceras mm-hmm. was falling, or yeah, it, it was just it was at just the weird. end of round two, I think was really, really telling. You know, they they ended the round, and Ciceras was I saw the limp, you know, walking back to the corner, and. They talked about it. They were like, yeah, they just put some ice on the leg and they didn't even make him sit down because if you get off of that body part, you get off your leg like that, it is twice as hard to stay on it. So they yeah. just had him stand the entire time. And I was like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, I knew that. I, I was wondering if he was going to finish him. But yeah, he called out Thug Nasty. And I mean, like I said, if that's what you want. Nobody I mean, calls out Thug Nasty. I mean, have it, have it. You call him out if you want to. But I mean, it is what it is. I think. I think Thug Nasty's on to bigger and better things. Uh, to be honest, um, yeah. I think they're talking about they're talking about giving him someone higher rank, which that's good. Uh, he got up what to, he went from fourteen to eleven, I believe. Yeah, but they can really in the featherweight division. That's one of the the small weight classes that I'm like it's super top heavy. There is yeah. four fighters that I'm just like those are the four best fighters in the division by far. And then after yeah. that, it's just a, a toss-up. And I'd say, obviously, the champ, Max, Daniel Rodriguez, and then Korean Zombie. And, yeah. I mean, Korean Zombie's been getting treated as of late. So, I yeah. mean, that, that's what when, when they gave him a title fight, I was like, why? Yeah. I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, yeah. uh, definitely something that I I know we're supposed to be talking about the card, but my boy Gerardo hit me with the, the most beautiful promo video for Thug Nasty. It was about him just out on the farm in Arkansas and how he trains and what he does is, you know, a lot of people in their gyms, they use heavy bags. Thug Nasty don't use heavy bags. He uses hay bales. Let's go. That boy is, um, he's about to be a star. He's been, see, I'm not anti-TikTok, so I have TikTok. Homie's all over it. He's been doing podcasts. He's been doing a lot. So Homie is about to become a big star. And if you're listening and you're about fighter pay, Bruh, just watch. If if you get people's attention with your fighting and you start taking advantage of it and stuff, you will get Yeah, you're gonna make some money. Yeah. So, so 100%. But, but uh so then after that we had uh Marlon Marais versus Song Yadong and Pause. <laughs> I feel like I have to say pause after I say homie's last yeah. name, but you don't just call him Song. Yeah, but homie uh came out and well, after the fight, he called out uh, Dominic Cruz, and I was like, "No, no, no! Fight somebody else. I don't want to see you fight uh, Dominic Cruz." But I was this fight had me, it had me in like I, I was almost like I don't even care about the main event. But mm-hmm. Marlon Marais, I know, is one of those fighters that the first minute or two he's gonna come out and he's gonna bang and pause and Yadong pause again came out and hit him the first punch. And had Marlon like in retreat, and I was like, "Whoa, this kid does have some some crazy yeah, power. power." Yeah, yeah. And then he like Marlon kind of got his composure back, and then got was, the fuck up out of there. <laughs> it was crazy because of the style of uppercut. It was a crowding <laughs> uppercut. Like he was, he wasn't even on the walk down. Like they, he threw like a three combo. And he threw the uppercut almost perfect, leaning off of his back foot into it through the guard. And I was like, it looked like an uppercut hook. It looked 
Because the, the way that he threw it, it wasn't awkward, but it was just one of those, hey, I'm just going to try to touch him any way I can. And it was clean. It was so clean that he walked up on him and, like, kind of gave him the what the hell look. What, it, what happened? Like, did I just knock you out? And then the ref had to, like, you know, get him away from him. But whenever you see some dude just have his hands up, just – like scared, just waiting for something to happen. You you have officially knocked him out, Cole. Yep, yep. And then I I felt kind of bad for Marlon Moraes uh, because he his fall from grace was fast. He went from fighting Henry Cejudo for the vacant bantamweight title to I I mean honestly after that fight that might be it for him because he took his he took his gloves off and I don't know that might be it for him. If it is, uh, you will Hell always be known. Yeah, you and you will always be known for having a shitty gas tank to me. But, <laughs> but, uh, very exciting fighter. But yeah, I think I think after he just looks so defeated because, uh, and I, I seen I seen a comment on Twitter and somebody was just like, "This has to be it for him because all they're gonna do is keep giving him these rising stars in the division, and he's shown that he can't keep up with them." And gatekeeper. Yeah, so you just you just got yeah, that ain't even gatekeeper size. That's just like. Like feeding you to these these, and I think that was like he's lost five out of his last six, and he's been knocked out in all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only one that that was a victory was the Jose Aldo, and mm-hmm. that was a real controversial win that everybody thought he lost. So mm-hmm. eh, it's it's wild, but the the main event, Tiago Santos and Ankaleb. First off, I want to say, bro, these Russians right now, they have a big pot of Khabib and Ivan Drago's DNA. And they are just cloning and reproducing all of these dudes because they are coming from nowhere. And I feel like they have people shooting up the ranks, these Dagestanians from every weight class, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, now fucking light heavyweight. Come, what the fuck is going on? You you got fucking uh, Hamzat Shemaev in the welterweight slash middleweight, whichever division he wants. He's on it. What's happening, bro? Where are these dudes coming from? Yeah. And, I mean, the fight, the fight, when, when Ariel Hawani tweets it and says, like, the card was great, the main event didn't live up because of how good the card was, I agree with him. The yes. fight was a good chess match, uh, but I wanted to see more. But I understand why it wasn't more because they were both afraid to just get knocked out. And then Uncle Lev in the fourth and fifth round just kind of used his wrestling to uh, to yeah. make sure there was no mix-up of who, who wins the fight. Tiago Santos had a couple of – he dropped him uh, in yeah. the third. And he had a couple of flurries, but it was just – he was very, very – It was kind of the time. same way whenever Surreal gone fought Francis Ngannou. Yes. You know, it was uh, – you're both – I mean, I well, the first couple of rounds, they were both kind of feel-outs. And then same way Surreal gone didn't want to do anything to really lose, that's what cost him the fight. Like, I'm just going to be careful. You know, I'm going to try to just – throw what I can when I can. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm not going to be aggressive. But you need to be aggressive, you know, especially in the Cyril Gon fight. Like, dude, that's for the belt. I think Tiago Santos, too, was like, I don't want to get took down. These Russian motherfuckers know how to take people down. <laughs> and I and I'll hold them down. Yeah, I don't, want no, I don't want no part of that. I don't want no part of that, sir. I think that's kind of what happened with him. He was like, no, I can't. I don't. I don't think he really wanted to risk it, so therefore he kind of was like, "All right, um, I'm just gonna chill and try to throw when I can throw," which he didn't do a terrible job of it. I'll be honest with you, but it just wasn't enough. You know, he didn't. He didn't offer enough in that fight to you know. And like you said, Uncle Iev in the later rounds just took him down and had some control time on. On the ground, and that's all he needed to do to win. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, that as a whole, that card was dope. Uh, I enjoyed it, even though I didn't get to watch the the whole thing. Uh, I'm a little not. I'm pretty excited for next week, uh, fight night, London. I mean, it's been a while since they've been overseas, besides anywhere to fight other than Fight Island. So that's dope as hell. But yep. um, obviously, we've seen 
Greg Hardy get released. And we were talking about that what last week mm-hmm. of well yeah because I mean what what the fuck else are they supposed to do like homies trash I don't want to say he's trash because he will fuck me up but <laughs> he, he ain't he he's not a good MMA fighter he's a he's got a big name because he played in the Cowboys but he was just them heavyweights was too they were too much for him and it's when when you get when you get out like technically beaten by a heavyweight. Then you ain't shit, cause they're yeah. not the most technical, and they were just they were just having their way with him. He was like, yeah. hey, "Never mind, I almost made a joke, but I'm not getting canceled, so I'm gonna keep that one. I'm gonna keep that one up in the, the old brain." So there you go. Gotta gotta be PC. Yeah, I mean, I texted Gerardo about it too. He was like, "Man, I'm kind of sad." I was like, "Why? Fuck him." He said, "Cause we don't get to see Greg Hardy get his ass whooped no more." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, I didn't think of it that way, but." You're right. We we uh, we got to see what three fights in a row where he got he got his ass whooped. And I think that's all that we deserved. Absolutely, from a national standpoint. <laughs> well, and and this, I mean, we talked about it last week too. Greg Hardy will end up being on a Jake Paul undercard fight, but I mean, that's, that's a good segue to. The Jake Paul stuff that we was going to talk about again, which is crazy. But uh, so Jake Paul yesterday tweeted out, hey, Dana, since you like me now, how about giving me a chance to fight either Jorge or Connor? And if I lose, my pay will get donated to uh, the fighters who make less than 50,000, which is nobody. Just so everybody knows that unless you're like on the. Yeah, like that's the minimum fucking contract is 50K to just show up anyways. um, And then. Uh, if I win, you have to. We have to negotiate a contract pay. Now, I want to speak my part first on this. For anybody that thinks that Jake is being really true, and you're a YouTube and a Jake Paul fan and whatever, you're an idiot. Okay, the reason Jake Paul called out Conor McGregor and Jorge Masvidal is because those are two of the guys that make the most pay per views in the world in in MMA. If you look, Kamara Usman said it on Club Shay Shay. If you look at Kamar Usman's pay-per-view revenue and pay-per-view buys and you compare it to Jake Paul's, he's doing three times. That's Kamar Usman, who I'm not trying to to, to down-talk him at all. He's not putting up Masvidal Diaz and Conor McGregor numbers. No. So that's why he wants to fight them. And they're smaller than him. So he thinks he has a chance, which he doesn't. If no. he really wants, If he really wants to do that, why would he not call out somebody like pick a weight division? If you want to fight middleweight, fight Paula Costa, bro. Yeah. Paul, again, Paula Costa's not doing anything. Fight Paula Costa. Fight somebody that you think that could actually hurt you, which they're going to regardless. Yeah. And because we watched Paula Costa beat the shit out of Logan Paul, but um, <laughs> like fight him and, and anything. It, it's a money grab. That's all it is. Jake and Logan, it's came out that they're not making money. They're the only reason that the Logan Paul and Floyd uh, money or thing made money is because of Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Jake Paul's not drawing anything. His pay-per-view buys was like 64,000 to fight Tyron Woodley both time, which is garbage. And there's, it's, it's, there's a reason behind it because his fan base is kids, teenagers who are into him. Oh my God, Jake Paul is amazing. And guess what? Those kids can't afford to buy the pay-per-view, so nobody watches it because nobody cares unless you stream it illegally and you just watch it to be like, this is trash. Yep. So that's why he's doing it. For anybody who honestly thinks he cares about fighter pay, Jake Paul does not give a damn about fighter pay. Go look up the video of Jake Paul crying on his brother's podcast because people because Patty Pimblett called him a sausage. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> homie homie is the biggest actor in the world like he's just a cry he he's just doing it for clout and people really think that he's being sincere like no he understands that you have to act now mm-hmm. to get attention and attention usually uh results in revenue but not in the boxing world you got to be talented in the fight world you got to be talented you mm-hmm. got to do stuff so jake paul if you're listening or anyone who's listening that has contact with Jake Paul, first off, fuck you. Second off, fight if you want to keep fighting or you want to do some some UFC stuff. Start out like Sam Punk or Brock Lesnar or anybody else who fights in the UFC that has no 
MMA pedigree fight a lower known fighter in a middleweight or light heavyweight division. Yep. And then after you do that, then you can call somebody out. But you do not get to push yourself to the front of the card just because you want to. Exactly. And he's never going to fight professionally. He's only going to box. He's only going to box for the clout of calling people out and shit talking because people like to see stuff like that. I mean, we're true fans all know that it's ridiculous. So the more and more that it goes on, the more and more we're just like, fuck this guy. Like yeah, I don't you know I don't I'm I've never paid for anything that Jake Paul has ever done. I've never watched a single YouTube video. You know, anytime I see him is on Twitter and I read it and go <laughs> and then I keep scrolling. Like it's not anything that I pay a lot of mind to just because he's not somebody that I respect either in the fighting game or in the influencer YouTube because I don't sit there and YouTube a bunch of stuff. If I YouTube something, it's some Red Dead shit, or it's like a new music video. Like I'm not worried about what you got going on. We're real, real, real talk, real quick. Keep your train of thought, but I be YouTubing how to fix shit in the house. That's what I YouTube. Man, you know, if I got to change out, you know, a headlight or something, I'm gonna be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm YouTube this. I'm not YouTubing what you got going on in LA when you're in spoiled lifestyle. I'm not worried about you. I've built this. I've built like. And nobody's discrediting you for building, you know, your entertainment platform or anything like that. But the relevancy of you as a person, it will fade like your 20s will fade. They won't be around here forever. So you got to capitalize now and hope that you're smart with it to really try to keep your worth going. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. Anybody else? You know, I'll put it it to you like this. Yes. Um... Rihanna is a world-renowned artist, multi-platinum, selling Grammy winning. Rihanna basically sung her way through her contract with The Rock and was like, I'm going to start some makeup. Now she's got generational wealth. That girl don't have to cut. She don't have to go in the studio ever again in her fucking life, and she'll be fine. She came out with her own makeup line that people fucking love. She built her wealth. She's on some Jay-Z shit, like. Let's just be honest. People that only want fast fame, it's just going to be that fast and it's going to fade. Well, and I also, I think this generation, which I hate to sound like that old man, but it's more popular to be a celebrity. That's what I believe Jake is going for is a celebrity. I don't think he wants to be great at anything. I think he wants to be a celebrity. And this is, I mean, you got to look at it uh, from just, just the outside. Well, I, I'm going to say this might be controversial, but it's the same thing of to me as Odell Beckham. Like, I think Odell Beckham is a great he's a great talent. But will I think of Odell as a top 10 receiver, which he was on pace whenever he went or whenever his first couple of years? No. And I know injuries had a lot to do with it, but Odell will go down and we will know Odell for a while uh, because he's a celebrity. Like Odell could never play again. He he could have never played again three years ago, and Odell's name would still be brought up because he's a celebrity. He's he's he he's got the the hairstyle. He's got the fashion. He's got the he's always with people of fame. Like his name is always getting mentioned in rap songs and shit. Like we will know Odell because he's a celebrity. That's yeah. what I think Jake Paul is reaching for is to be just a celebrity. He wants to, oh, well, I was a Disney star and shit like that. Like, bro, let's be real. You ain't on Shia LaBeouf's level, so yeah. fuck off. Yeah, ain't nobody, okay? There's, there's Shia and then there's everybody else. I'll say Everybody like else. That. Everybody else. But um, they, hey, y'all listening, thank you for listening to episode five. Isaiah, you got you, you got anything else you're trying, to, you're trying to lead the people with? Um, no, man, I'm just really excited that, um, because I don't have cable, I'm really excited that I get to watch a little bit of NBA basketball towards the end of the season and shout out to the greedy eight shit ass owners in baseball coming (laughs) up with a new CBA so we could actually get to see some baseball this season because I, I would say that I'm about an avid you know, fan in not an avid fan, but I'm an avid watcher in baseball, maybe a little bit of hockey every now and again, because I like to hear the Canadian announcers um, and soccer. So it's always good. You know, if nothing's on, let's watch some baseball. Let's keep up with it a little bit. 
And God, I mean, it's not like they're not getting paid, but some of the stipulations that they were trying to come up with were just ridiculous. A pitch clock, uh, getting rid of the defensive shift, you know, things that basically take away the sanctity of the game and what made it so strategic. Because if there's one thing that you can really say about the sport of baseball, and it is the it is probably one of the most technically sound sports that you have to be in. You could be the most talented person in the world, and if you don't know how to swing a bat, and if you don't have good form trying to either track a ball or come up under a ground ball, you will be humbled, and you will not be starting or playing for that long. So with taking away everything that goes with that game, I'm glad that they kind of came to terms with some something, and we get to watch Marlon, you know him, and his older brother pretty well. We get to watch a Chandler alum probably play more than we've ever seen him play because he's playing in Texas now. So shouts out to Jonathan Gray signing his deal with the Rangers this past offseason, getting 55 mil. Um, we get to see him play now. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll take it uh, in a different direction. Shouts out to the Cowboys for staying the exact same team that you've been for 30 years and thinking something's going to change. I'm glad you guys got rid of Amari Cooper. I'm glad that you guys got a fifth and a sixth for somebody that you guys could have gotten a first or a second for because you guys leaked that you were going to get rid of him because you need to save money. I'm glad you guys overpay for Lyle Collins, Dak Prescott, Zeke, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and so on and so forth, and you are literally doing the exact same thing that you've been doing for 30 years, and you wonder why you are mediocre. I hope my Pittsburgh Steelers get Deshaun Watson if we don't. Bruce Wagner, Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett, and let's go. <laughs> I appreciate that. And also, Danger Russ Wilson going to the Broncos. Gerardo instantly texted me with the eyeball emoji and said, we're going to the divisional round. I said, already? That fast? He said, it's happening. Bro. He, he said, I'll get you a Russ jersey. <laughs> Yo, that division, obviously, we used to have a podcast talking about it, and we can start doing it a little bit more, obviously, uh, like break it down and stuff. Because um, mm-hmm. obviously, it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want to. It's, we just talking, bro. Yeah, Anyways, exactly. uh, um, that division is going to be nuts. Like, nuts, nuts. You got I Russ. I think it became the best division in football. Uh, hands down. Russ, Herbert, Mahomes, Carr. Even but, Carr. Yeah. Like, you're like, Carr. The the Chargers, um, everyone said the reason that they weren't as good is because of their defense. Khalil Mack on the other side of yeah. Joey Bosa. Yeah, he just got return of the Mack. You know, yeah. he's he's coming back. I think also, too, it's crazy because last year we could have argued that the NFC West was the best division in football. Even with Russ having missed the time and the Seahawks having a bad season. He goes to the AFC West and instantly, now they're the best division in football. That's nice. I think it's insane. I think we we got a lot of AFC games, a lot of AFC West games to watch uh, going forward, especially even though you can make the argument, well, the receiver talent that he has going to the Broncos isn't as good, but he could make them that good, honestly. Yep. yep. Uh, and then my my last thing is, uh, obviously, I've always been a diehard wrestling fan. If you ain't watching wrestling, if you want, if you like wrestling but you don't want to watch WWE because it's garbage, please watch AEW. And then, if you want to hear more from all of the pre-talk, pre-draft, and all that stuff, be on the lookout for the Homies Podcast. Uh, necessary conversations with Kadeem Gaines. We do a lot of green rooms on Spotify, which is an open platform uh, that you can come join us, have conversations and whatnot. Uh, where we talk about stuff. I think we're getting ready to do one to talk about, uh, like have conversations of is Herbert better than Dak and Derek Carr, as well as Travis Kelsey versus Gronk, who's the better tight end. Ooh. So uh, be on the lookouts for that. Again, shout out to KG. But Isaiah, I'm going to leave you with the last word. Um, just remember, kids, it ain't tricking if you got it. And just like that, we'll see y'all next week, man. Thank you. Peace.